The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to the Rebuttal Podcast. I am your host, Reb Maisel, the Reb in your rebuttal. And today I am excited. I am jazzed because it is our first bonus episode which I am going to start calling the first impressions episodes, okay? And don't turn this shit off just because you heard the word bonus, okay? It's not going to be like other shows where the bonus episode is a one-off and some bullshit like rambling with some like celebrity guest or like talking about ghost stories or some shit that doesn't make sense. No, okay? This is an episode that I wanted to put out this week for you guys, two in one week, so crazy, as a thank you for your support and love and also for putting this fucking podcast up to number 13 on the true crime top charts. I want to cry and scream and throw up and pass away, okay? What in the actual fuck? I can't not put out another episode for you um, in the evening in my apartment after work. (laughs) So, what these episodes are going to be, <laughs> my intent and my goal, is you've seen the refined episodes, right? The YouTube, the, the, the episodes where I'm talking about cases and legal topics and issues that I know front, backwards, sideways, forwards, up and down, right? I have gone down some Reddit threads late at night in my bed and figured some shit out to relate to y'all. Okay. This this one though, the these little these little first impressions episodes are going to be me telling you about cases that I have merely dipped a single pinky toe into after a quick skim. Okay. I have so many people asking me to read cases all the time. Okay. You guys in my DMs, my bosses, my friends. It, it never ends. And most of the time, the cases you guys send me, I don't fucking look at that shit because I click it and it's immediately boring. It's immediately long. And also, I'm like, look, give me some, give me something. Give me something enticing. Draw me in a little. Okay. You give me a title of a case like Farmers Mutual Insurance versus Tucker. And I'm thinking it's going to be the most boring piece of bullshit I've ever had to read since fucking corporations in law school. Okay. But But this one I've been sent so many times, finally got a little curious, and I opened it, did a skim, saw the words pig farm, hot grease, and alcoholic drinking beers every night, and I thought, why not take a gander? I feel like the combination of those elements is going to be a banger. But we'll find out together, right? For This is first impressions, me and you, me and you. And please don't scream, yell, and throw tomatoes at me. The first impressions episodes are going to be audio only unless you guys get a treat and a prize and I start putting them out in YouTube format as well, okay? I think that that'll be a fun bonus moment, a surprise moment for maybe a Patreon in the future. 
who knows just like a brainstorm you know what i mean just like a little brain cell activity we have going on here at reb incorporated <laughs> okay let's get into it this is farmers mutual insurance versus tucker the most boring fucking headline i've ever heard in my entire life it's a case caption not a headline but like same okay this is what happened okay in in farmers mutual insurance versus tucker on July 25th, 1996, Hubert Jr. Tucker, that is one person, three names, drove to a farm owned by Losi Taylor, L-O-C-I-E, do with that what you will. The Taylor farm raised and sold pigs commercially, and Mr. Tucker came intending to buy a pig. Now, now don't get confused, okay? I'm, I am loving the three-name vibe, the three-name mood the three name theme we have going here but the three name people at play at issue are actually not the ones who are related okay everyone sounds the fucking same in west virginia apparently everyone is naming their kids the same type of shit which i love consistency but like also really confusing in a fucking court case i once had this is a whole side i once <laughs> worked a case where every single member of a family they basically it was like two parents and they had like five fucking kids okay and and essentially the nature of the case was that everyone in the family was kind of involved right so so that meant that in all of the court pleadings all of the stuff that i was writing everything when i was talking to the court you know motions all that i had to like basically name everybody right and and everyone was doing different shit so i had to like separate them out all that stuff but unfortunately <laughs> i called them the cursed brady bunch their first and last names for whatever fucking reason they named all of their kids the same letter first name that matched their same letter last name so for example, if the dad and the mom, okay, and the dad and the mom are the same too, okay? So it was like Lucy and Lon Logan, okay? And all of their kids were named Latoya Logan, Laurie Logan, Larry Logan, Lavinia Logan. I wanted to cry myself to sleep mostly because it's fucking confusing, okay? I can't keep them fucking straight. And they were my client. I couldn't fucking keep them straight. So obviously, to the court, right? We're having to like, you, you know, basically like list all of their names. And then to the court, we would add as like a footnote or in a parenthesis and be like, okay, so um, this is their fucking name. But like for purposes of fucking clarity, we're going to fucking call them this nickname because we don't know what the fuck either. And like, we want to make sure you understand. That is the most annoying shit. So in this case, okay, we have a Hubert Jr. Tucker. Okay, to get it straight is driving. Hopefully, maybe on a tractor. That would be that would be on. That would be really on the nose driving to a farm owned by the Taylors, okay? And one unemployed loser son, 38-year-old Daryl Lee Taylor is living there on a mobile home on the property, okay? Awesome. Now, the dad of this Daryl, okay, Losi Taylor, he lived in one mobile home on the property on this pig farm. Because his son is such a loser, he was like, I don't want that energy in my house. 
I need to like burn some sage, get that bad vibe out of here, right? Like I'm successful, like I have a pig farm. Things are really looking up for me and I don't really want you to bring that down, bring that energy down. I don't want a cloud over my success. So when Daryl, right, knock, knock, knock on the door at 38 is like, I need a place to live and I don't really want to work and have a job and do anything. His dad was like, okay, fine. You can live in a mobile home about 100 yards away from me on my property. Okay. We get the picture. Two mobile homes, Daryl and his dad. His dad's living large. Daryl's a piece of shit. Now, not only was our boy Daryl, okay, no job no prospects, living on his parents' pig farm in a mobile home at 38 years old. The court also decided to take it one step further and drop a footnote about Daryl that feels a little personal. It feels like Daryl is unnecessarily catching strays, right, in the first fucking paragraph of this opinion. The court says, quote, the court meaning the judge says, quote, The briefs of the party suggest that Daryl Lee, our boy, had lived on his parents' pig farm virtually his entire life, having lived off the property only briefly during an unsuccessful marriage. Imagine a judge himself telling you in a court document, you get absolutely no bitches. You have absolutely zero play. Quote, the briefs also suggest that Daryl Lee only had one job off the farm as a janitor at the local dog track for less than 12 months. While the appellant suggests that Daryl Lee was fired from his job for excessive drinking, Daryl Lee testified that he quit the job for one reason, quote, too many rednecks. Fair. Fair you know what, if you're going to testify to something under oath and you're going to talk about a job, it's going to be that, okay? I love an honest man. Honestly, Daryl Lee can get it at this point, okay? Worked as a janitor at a local dog track, so he's good with animals, right? So he's, so he's a loving, loving toward creatures. We love that. He'll probably be a great father. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at the bright side, okay? The mobile home probably quaintly gorgeously modestly decorated i i did just scroll down a little bit and see that he is a chronic alcoholic there were some issues with the home it might have caught fire but you know what we will rebuild we will rebuild the court has set the scene for us um and apparently it's fucking personal okay they think daryl's a fucking loser and they're trying to really lean into that um which is i feel like it's kind of rude but whatever so We have Mr. Tucker driving to the Taylor farm to buy a pig. Mr. Tucker. Now, wait, (laughs) what do you guys think a local dog track is looking like? Right. Is that like a dog racing track? Are they racing dogs here in rural West Virginia? I feel like racing dogs is kind of like a rich person thing. You know, like those skinny dogs that are like kind of skeleton-y. And, and, and have really long strides and kind of look like a kid's drawing of a stick figure dog. Those dogs racing, I feel like, isn't a rural West Virginia kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's for people who, like, give their dogs Louis Vuitton collars. I feel as though the fact that there's a quote-unquote dog track, like, I'm getting the image of, like, 
a bunch of fucking pitbull rottweiler mutt breeds love that by the way just like racing hopefully and not fighting or something ridiculous like that i mean look what is the year 2002 look listen i'm just hoping that whatever dog track quote unquote was happening it was all fine and dandy maybe he's into dogs i don't fucking know but this feel like like already this feels like a made-up fucking fantasy right like this feels like a made-up story there are massive holes in this plot um but i am just gonna keep going we're gonna power through it we're gonna power through it so mr tucker drove to daryl lee's mobile home okay our boy dlt after knocking on the door mr tucker noticed smoke coming from the mobile home and believing that daryl lee was inside began beating on the side of the mobile home when he received no response mr tucker kicked in the front door of the mobile home in an attempt to rescue Daryl Lee. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com What do we think Mr. Tucker looks like here? I'm imagining like our, that one lumberjack guy on TikTok, right? That would be nice. Thor. Like just some big burly guy just like with overalls and no undershirt, just just walking up with his arms swinging, like I'm going to buy a fucking pig today, like we're in a fucking Dr. Seuss tale. Who the fuck is r- driving around? He's like, hi, I'm here to buy a pig. Like what? And he just sees smoke and he just comes the right, you know what I mean? He like pulls an ax out of nowhere and just, he just kicks this fucking door down. Like, goddamn. Like, set the scene. And this is before ring cameras. I would have killed to see that image i really would um but but now that i'm skimming the lower part of this paragraph maybe not some maybe not so much maybe not so much okay (laughs) so he kicks in the door in an attempt to rescue our boy dlt it (laughs) appears the court says it appears from the record that daryl lee was a chronic alcoholic okay and had apparently passed out inside his mobile home while rendering lard or cooking sausage in a skillet on the stove. What is the difference between those things? Like, why is, why, why is Daryl like one of those I was doing? What does rendering lard mean? I'm literally, I'm going to Google it. Okay. Rendering lard. What the fuck is rendering lard? Okay. Rendering lard is the process of melting animal fat and straining it to remove the meat, veins, tissues, and impurities. Okay, Daryl rendering lard or cooking sausage in a skillet i feel like those are two violently different things i feel like those are two very aggressively distinct actions and jobs to do in your morning routine what 
I was either breaking down animal fat and straining it to remove the meat, veins, tissues, and impurities, or I was frying up some bacon. It really is the toss-up for me. Like, I get, everything's just so blurry, which, you know, he was, like, chronically alcoholic, so what are you going to do? And then, of course, the court drops another footnote um, just to write, again, just blow Daryl Lee's life and, and prospects out of the water even more. Quote, Daryl Lee testified to drinking four or five beers on July 25th, 1996, but denied that this was a lot of beer. When asked what he considered to be a lot of alcohol, he answered, quote, well, you drink about four or five cases. That would be a lot of beer. You know what? The court is really thinking the back of my boy. Okay. He's, has he said a lie? No, he hasn't. He seems to be very truthful. Honestly, he is a great character witness. He is telling it like it is. It, that would be a lot of beer. You're so right, Daryl. Four or five cases, that would be a lot. That statement is not a lie. Thank you. <laughs> so four or five beers to him is water, just like the equivalent of Gwyneth Paltrow having a squeezed room temp lemon water in the morning. <laughs> Daryl, okay, was inside. We have Mr. Tucker kicking in that door like, like he is saving day, like he is ready to go full Batman in this bitch. And Daryl Lee is, is, you know, with his four or five beers and his fucking lard on the stove. And Daryl Lee woke up to find his mobile home filling with smoke after having passed out inside his mobile home while this shit was cooking, okay, while it was skilleting. When he did that, okay, when he woke up and found that the mobile home was filling with smoke, he grabbed the burning skillet from the stove and then carried the skillet to the front door, intending to throw it out so that his mobile home did not catch on fire. We can imagine where this is going, right? Divine timing, as I would like to call it. Right, right when Mr. Tucker kicked in the door to the mobile home was, was right when Daryl decide, decided to let that frying pan fly, okay? It's, it's a Three Stooges bit. Like, I'm sorry. The fact that the shit happens in real life, it's so devastating and not funny at all. But how can you not look up at the sky and think, was it funny? Did you laugh? Right? Anywho. Mr. Tucker, who had just kicked the door to the home home, he was severely burned when the skillet of flaming grease was thrown through the doorway by Daryl Lee. Mr. Tucker subsequently brought suit against Daryl Lee and his father, Losi, for negligence, and Daryl Lee has since admitted he was at fault for Mr. Tucker's injuries. That's, see, that's nice of him. Like, what are you going to do? He feels bad. <laughs> so, obviously, right, when you sue someone who has no money, who is broke and 38 and living in a mobile home on their father's pig farm property, you are going to consider bigger options, right? You are going to try to find a bigger fish to fry. And that bigger fish is most often the insurance company. And Daryl Lee sought coverage from Losi's property insurance company, Farmers Mutual Insurance Company, to defend against the lawsuit. The property insurance policy provided liability coverage for any of Losi's, quote, relatives, if residents of Losi's household. 
at issue in this case is whether Losi's son, Daryl Lee, our boy DLT, is a relative covered by the farmer's mutual policy. Because obviously, as I need I remind you, our boy, okay, Losi was like, get your bad, unemployed, broke vibes off of my couch and into a mobile home that is a hundred fucking yards away. Okay? So one could argue that they are not under the same household. They are in two separate buildings, right? And the property's coverage says, quote unquote, relatives, if residents of Losi's household, right? Is he a resident? Is he not? The court had to find out, okay? The court had to find out. At the end of this long opinion that I just skimmed through, the court ultimately reverses the trial court's initial ruling that said um no he's not a member of the household he is in a separate house totally different the appellate court was like um you know hey the son's a fucking loser he's not a fun vacation only a few months guest he is permanently living there he has no assets no money no prospects okay and he's 38 and sometimes works on the farm and he is vibing. He's vibing and he is part of that household. So the insurance coverage, the insurance policy did have to, uh, you know, defend the suit and ended up settling with, with our boy, um, Tucker, who, who did Junior Tucker hubert jr tucker who had some crazy burns right our big lumberjack boy who broke down a door to save someone just to get fried like a rice krispie treat he was paid so it's fine okay totally fine but but still crazy and still silly and still crazy nuts that the court would go so far as to comment on the state of daryl lee's um unemployment unsuccessful marriage and intolerance for rednecks very much iconic very much a slay but also what really is keeping me up at night is whether or not he was frying bacon or rendering lard i feel like those two things are kind of different but maybe i'm just a vegan who really fucking knows um and then <laughs> The second case, okay, that I want to talk to you guys about on this little bonus, little, little bonus episode is for sure going to be a bit of a second impression, okay? I'm going to break the rule a little bit here because I did want to cover this case regardless, but I knew I didn't want to do it for a full sode. But like, I have to fucking talk about it because please be so fucking for real. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not even going to give you hints. The hints that I, this is, these are the hints that I post on my Instagram story, okay? For y'all who follow uh, the podcast on Instagram at RebuttalPod, go fucking follow it. But if you don't, uh, this, this is what I meant, okay? The three images and emojis that I posted over a photo of my face were one, a diaper, two, a little image of, of TNT, and three, a family Christmas card where they're all holding rifles. And I'm like, that, that's the hint. And it is so, I'm telling you, it is so literal. 
it is so aggressively literal your shoes are gonna pop off <laughs> okay this is plank greer versus tannerite sports llc and if any of you know what tannerite is you're going to kind of know where this is going <laughs> in may 2012 James Yaney's friend, Jason Vantilberg, in anticipation of the birth of his first child, yay, asked Yaney to host a party to celebrate. We love a baby shower. We love being showered um, about babies. Yaney and Vantilberg fashioned the party into a, quote, diaper shootout where guests could bring diapers for the new baby and enjoy an afternoon shooting guns in Yanny's backyard. At least it wasn't a gender reveal. You know what I mean? Like, at least it wasn't that. At least we can say that there wasn't pink and blue powder being shot into the air and into our lakes, rivers, and trees and our, the air that we breathe and our atmosphere just because someone's kid is going to be a boy or a girl, right? Just because McKay Lay with E's and I's and G's and H's in the spelling or Gunner with an A-R at the end is, is announcing their arrival into the world, right? Thank God for that. I will reserve my respect for them over that. <laughs> but imagine, I mean, I would like to know what these invites looked like, right? I'm imagining it was more of a Facebook group moment as opposed to like a physical invitation commission mailed out. You open the thing, butterflies fly out and then get shot by little paper bullets that when you open the card. Cute. Like I'm imagining it was probably more likely the first option. But I'm not here to judge, okay? I'm not here to judge. And I'm also absolutely never here to judge a little a little white trash moment, okay? And don't, you know, sit in my comments and be like, oh, man, she doesn't need a white trash slur. I have a very decent part of my family history that, that is a little WT, okay? And I am proud of that. I have never been ashamed of that, and neither has that side of my family. You know what I mean? They are hardworking, lovely, hilarious, down-to-earth, no-bullshit people who love a nice cigarette in the backyard and a good, too-small cut-off tank top. I'm fucking with you. I'm here for it. I'm about it. And so, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not making fun of y'all. I love y'all to death. <laughs> My mama grew up in a house where the, my, my grandfather's, uh, <laughs> his gun locker, right, was not locked. No, it was not. And there were at least five kids in that house at all times, ranging from ages of like eight to 17. It's a wonder no one blew their hand off. I'm pretty sure my mom's half-brother shot himself in the foot one time. And my grandpa said, that'll learn ya. So I can fuck with a WT diaper shootout, okay? It's probably going to have more fun 
It's probably, you know, I can fuck with a WT little white trash diaper shootout, baby shower. Honestly, I can guarantee it's going to have better music and be more of a memorable time than a super stuffy at a hotel with a bunch of really weirdly shaped balloons and like fondant cake looking ass baby shower, right? Like I can bet my fucking money. Okay, so this diaper shootout was so that guests could bring diapers for the new baby and enjoy an afternoon shooting guns. Okay, so diapers, guns, and vibe. That's what you've got to bring. You've got to have on your person. But, but the issue here is that during the planning, okay, the dad and his friend decided, hey, you know what? We love a party. Okay, we love a moment. We love a theme. But something's missing here, right? We don't have a big finale. We don't have fireworks, right? We don't have a big you know, final act here. And I feel like we should. I feel like we should. So as a grand finale of the day and evening, why don't we blow up an old refrigerator? As as one does. It's like a sparkler, but just more loud, more memorable, I would say. So they were like, perfect. That's awesome. That's amazing. Definitely gonna do that. So in preparation, Yaney, okay, the guy whose house this was at, used his motorsports truck to haul the refrigerator from the dad's home to his property. Now, now, mind you, okay, the reason why it's important or whatever the court really highlights the fact that he's using his motorsports truck is because our boy Yaney, okay, our best friend throughout this party, worked at this motorsports place, okay? This is his job, whatever. He's using company vehicles, okay? We love to see it hauled the refrigerator to his property. He then used his trailer to tow a box van to his backyard so that guests had a target to shoot. Of course. On, on the box van, okay, and, and the motorsports truck and the trailer, all of it had the motorsports insignia, the name, the label, big sign. It is free marketing. It is a commercial live right we love to see that we love a brand moment marketing department popping the fuck off okay yaney should should get a raise for sure they staged all of this okay the truck the trailer everything for the guns and the ammunition and target practice and the fridge right big finale so towards the end of the event okay yaney and the dad decided that the vibes had hit peak okay the vibes had checked out it was, it was, I don't know, something was in the air, right? They tested the win and they said, you know what? The vibes are perfect. It's time to blow up this refrigerator. So they hauled the refrigerator from Yaney's house. Oh no. So they hauled the refrigerator from Yaney's barn into the backyard. Guests stood behind tables 50 meters away from the refrigerator, which was stuffed with explosives h2 whatever that means okay now now mind you okay this wasn't completely look okay i understand what you're probably thinking wow that's so fucking dumb hey actually you are correct this is super fucking dumb but yaney did did read the manual on the back of the of the explosives that he stepped into this bridge and apparently there was something in the manual that said something about if you are less than 50 yards away you will be fatally maimed heart and so he was like everyone get back this many step right he like measured it he did his best 
he did his best, right? That is not to say it's the best. He did his best, which is not saying much, but also saying exactly what our expectations are for the scenario for him. Everyone has different goals. Everyone has a different peak and low, obviously. So he got into position. Okay, well, the dad, I would say, obviously, that the man of the hour moved into position behind his rifle, okay, after everyone was hiding 50 whatever yards or meters away behind those tables, and he fired at the explosives inside the refrigerator and detonated them. The refrigerator immediately blew apart, right? Perfect execution, but, but unfortunately did send shrapnel flying across the yard, and a piece of shrapnel hit guest named Jennifer Plank Greer. Okay, it hit her hand, and, and it severed her hand. It, it severed her hand. Um, pew! Right the fuck off, right? We have fingernails in the cake, Okay. And and she did she did in her in her deposition talk about um you know what she felt what what the vibes were and she had her phone out right she was like I was filming for sure right I was so jazzed I was filming really excited and and I had my phone in my hand and then and then all of a sudden my my right hand um all of a sudden my right hand was was no longer there um it was no longer there and. And it happened so fast, right? It didn't react or anything. And then all of a sudden, I, I, the next thing I know, my fingers were no longer attached to my hand. No longer attached. She said, my fingers, as soon as it happened, I started grabbing everything, right? Like as one would, taking stock. She started grabbing her fingers off of the ground. Her thumb was dangling, skin, everything, her hand, piece of her hand. And of course, right, thank goodness at these events, right, the aesthetics are not really what we're funneling our, mon our money into. There were so many coolers available to put, to put those body parts, on, body parts on ice, thank goodness, right? Th the fact that white trash gatherings use coolers as seats really comes through in these kinds of situations. I don't think it's, I don't think it's coincidence. I think they plan for this kind of shit, okay? They rush her to the hospital, right? her hand gets somehow reattached in kind of like a Humpty Dumpty kind of form. Um, and she sues, obviously she sues. Um, and, and so Yaney, okay. Our best friend Yaney, he is trying to not have to pay this woman, you know, cause he's like, look, not my problem. Um, and so he tries to say and tries to claim that the insurance policy for his motorsports company should be on the hook for this because he was acting in the course and scope of his employment because he was using a company vehicle and it was a marketing meeting. It was simply a business gathering. It was merely, you know, business development, as our law firm lingo would say. Client relations by dragging this fridge out there and the shootout display and putting our sign up. He put their sign up. You know what I mean? Like, what do you, what do you want this man to do? Okay. If you can't afford a commercial, this is the best one you're going to get, okay? Their clientele is absolutely in that crowd. Please. Of course they are. The type of people who are going to check yes to the RSVP on a diaper shootout are absolutely going to be motorsports customers. That's what he thought. And I'm with him, you know? I'm really with him. So, so yeah, unfortunately, um, the court said no. The court said no. 
That is not what happened. Um, no, you weren't. Uh, no, you weren't. So the, you know, the company's insurance didn't, that, that policy didn't get invoked so much. Um, he was a bit on the hook for this. They did settle. So here is my rebuttal to all of this, okay? You, if you own property and want to invite people over, or you own property and aren't really sure whether people are going to walk up and try to, you know, kick your door in. If you own property and you decide to cook bacon or do some stuff with some, with some lard, right? Have lard on the stove. You should try not to fall asleep and you should use the back door to dump your grease or you should maybe use the fridge for refrigerator food purposes and remember that explosives are designed to explode and if you're going to have a baby shower make sure that it rains diapers and not shrapnel this has been a little bonus episode a first impressions of the rebuttal podcast Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. My TikTok is at Rep Maisel. The Rebuttal Podcast is everywhere on at Rebuttal Pod. And please follow us on YouTube. Uh, the new full episode on YouTube uh, next week will be posted and it will be a doozy. Let me tell you. I'm so jazzed for you guys to listen. Thank you for tuning in. Um, stay safe. Love y'all. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.